Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, this is Ryan. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Pam, this is week three. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, getting going with our podcast. And I tell you, um, this week's episode is going to be exciting and I think very educational for all of our listeners. I think so. It's something um, that is needed in our community and around the country as well. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of those things. It's it's bad enough to have uh, a cancer diagnosis and need to have treatment and need to have um, doctor's visits. It's really awful when, for some reason or another, you cannot get to those appointments with regularity. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's an unnecessary hurdle. It's a stressful time. And um, this chemo cars is going to be um, an answer to a lot of our listeners' um, problems. That's right. That's right. So uh, we're thrilled today to have, uh, as you said, chemo cars, uh, founder, CEO, uh, head honcho, probably uh, lots of, well, not probably, I know, because I've spoken with him, lots of titles and lots of hats to wear, uh, Zach Bolster. Zach, how are you? Doing great. Thanks well, for having hey, me on the show. Yes, absolutely. We are so excited to get to visit with you, um, you know, and, and share your story and share with our listeners how Chemo Cars is filling needs in Amarillo and also uh, in Charlotte, where you guys started. So let's just talk real quick. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you're in Charlotte, correct? And uh, you, yeah. And you've got, you know, you've got rides going in Charlotte, and you're filling a void in Charlotte, and you're filling the void in Amarillo when it comes to getting folks to where they need to be for treatment. Exactly. So we're, we're operating in two cities now, and, um, you know, we're always looking to expand. And um, it's, it's been a lot of fun building this program out because, you know, people need, when they're fighting cancer, they need to get to their treatment. And uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. And I'm very passionate about helping people beat this horrible disease. Yes, absolutely. So before we start jumping deep into talking about chemo cars, let's, let's go back a f- several years back and let's talk about what you did prior to starting chemo cars. Um, so I have a finance background, um, out of, I, I was a finance major in school and, uh, I did corporate investment banking um, immediately out of college. And, and I ended up doing that for over a decade. And, um, after doing the banking side of things and, and writing some finance research for Wells Fargo, um, I, I joined a hedge fund who had. Um, who knew me through research and through just my other career before. So I was you know, living in New York City and, and working in finance at a hedge fund and, and working really, really hard, but kind of in, enjoying uh, my life in New York City uh, with my wife, who was also living there. Uh, we were living in Brooklyn. And, um, and so really, cancer wasn't uh, on my radar. Uh, and then, you know, one day I, I got this phone call out of the blue from my mom saying that, you know, she, uh, she had a weird pain in her shoulder and, uh, it was probably nothing, but she was going to get it checked out and, uh, it might be cancer. And so 
And that, that phone conversation um, kind of dramatically changed the trajectory of my life um, and added, added a lot of meaning to my life as well, too. You know, it always seems like, Pam, um, as Zach just said, those are those kinds of conversations that maybe, you know, we've heard a lot from survivors who say, you know, I got the phone call and the doctor said, well, it, it might be this, but we'll get it looked at, but it's probably, it's probably okay. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. And as you just said, Zach, it completely changed the trajectory of, of your life. Yep. So Zach, yeah, I'll never forget it. I, I can tell you exactly where I was when I had that phone conversation. I was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's wild that these key moments um, can be really pivotal in your life. And, um, you know, of course, I was extremely worried uh, when I heard that word cancer. Sure. I think a lot of our listeners can understand that. Um, but this was your mom, and this was your mom being diagnosed. How did that, um, do you, you were far away from her. How did that affect you and your family? Well, it was, it was a no-brainer. Um, I told my my wife uh, that I was moving back in with my mom and dad uh, to help to help her, you know, do her best. Uh, she'd spent her entire life, um, you know, doing helping everyone else and giving what she called the super deluxe treatment when people got sick. Mm-hmm. And so now that she was sick, um, it was, you know, no brainer. Just had to be there. So um, I just told told my uh, my employer that I was going on medical leave. And uh, just relocated. And so I think I had that phone call with my mom, like, you know, early in the week. And then I was, I was there, uh, you know, I flew down Friday evening. And, uh, and then I was expecting just to accompany her to a, a, a medical uh, appointment, but I ended up just staying there, <laughs> for, you know, forever. So, um, so it was one of those things. And, you know, it, it, it was the best decision, you know, I think I've ever made in my life. Um, it's always tough to, to, to know, you know, what things are going to look like and, and timelines. And, you know, unfortunately my mother, uh, between, you know, official diagnosis, which was like the, the week after I got there, uh, through her passing, it was, it was like less than six weeks. And so, uh, you know, I'm really glad that I, I wasn't trapped on conference calls in New York city, you know, kind of giving her, her well wishes from a phone, I really wanted to be there. And, uh, and my, my whole family stepped up, uh, which is what my mom deserved because she stepped up her whole lives for us. I was reading that and one of her things was um, the importance of helping those less fortunate. And so um, it sounds like you're taken after her um, by developing this awesome program. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we do the best we can. Right. You know, uh, no one ever knows the, from the time of diagnosis till, you know, uh, the ultimate, what may end up happening, whether it's going into remission or, 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 uh, passing as your mom did. And I mean, I would, I would golly, incredibly fortunate to be able to spend those six weeks with her. And as you said, uninterrupted, uh, focus on her giving back to her at that time. And I know that, that, that was huge. It had to be huge for your whole family. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was great to be there so she could focus on getting better. Um, we were doing kind of all of the little things, um, that we could, uh, you know, I remember getting her like these really comfortable pajamas and, 
you know, my dad was like, you know, CEO of making sure we had groceries and things like that. And we collaborated with, you know, booking her appointments and all of these little things that you have to do when you're fighting cancer. Because life doesn't really slow down just because you have cancer. All of those things that you normally have to do day to day, they don't go away. Right. And so we wanted to just kind of take those burdens away from her so she could focus on what mattered most, which was getting better. Right. Um, and so it was a huge adjustment, um, you know, to, to go from, you know, being in corporate America to all of a sudden, you know, going to these hospitals and treatment centers and hearing words that, you know, that you didn't know the meaning of and asking lots of, you know, dumb questions and, and then also kind of getting used to the pace of healthcare where I was kind of living in a faster paced New York City finance environment. Um, you know, all of a sudden now we're driving hours, you know, to different treatment centers and, and, you know, waiting in waiting rooms. And, and it was just a, a total culture shock uh, for us. And it, it's really a full-time job to be a cancer patient is what we realized. And so without support, without help, um, it can be extremely challenging. And that was part of the, the spirit of chemo cars. If, if we can just take one piece of the cancer puzzle and, and make it simple and stress-free uh, so that, that others can, can really focus on, on what matters most. Right. I know I, I can almost hear many of our listeners nodding and shaking their head when you said, being a cancer patient is a full-time job and it really is. And so um, tell us Zach, you know, so when your mom is diagnosed and you guys are, are taking care of things and trying to, to help out in every way possible um, because I, I know um, how this led to the, the uh, creation and, and coming up with chemo cars ideas. So let's share with our listeners, how in the world did going through what you went through kind of prompt and, and plant that idea of coming up with chemo cars? Well, you know, I, I was off work. My father's retired. And so every place that, that we went with my mom, every treatment, she had two people with her um, who were, you know, helping her fill out forms, uh, asking questions, really kind of being her advocate. But we saw a lot of people, they, they didn't have that type of support. Um, not everyone is as crazy is as crazy as me and just walk away from a job and relocate. Yeah. Um, and at the time I, I didn't have any children. And so I was in this unique position where I could focus all my attention on, on helping my, my family, but not everyone has that support system. And um, in particular, just getting to treatment, uh, we found out that uh, it was actually a major problem for several patients in the community. And we learned that some people were actually either missing treatment and, and just giving up their cancer treatment because it was, it was too problematic, too much of a hassle for them to get a ride. Um, some people were taking the bus to treatment. Uh, can you imagine taking the bus to chemo on you know, a cold, rainy winter's day? Because uh, that happens. Mm. And, um, and, and we, we thought to ourselves, everyone deserves their best shot at beating cancer. But under our current system, that's not the case. If you don't have a ride, your chances of beating cancer are a lot lower. And so we had to do something about it. You know, um, you talk about everyone deserves that right and everyone deserves that. And I think 
Um, you know, I remember because I think it was very similar kind of a discussion between my wife and I about 24 hours in the Canyon of, uh, between you and your wife as well of, we got to do something. I think that's, that's kind of the, you know, the, the key statement that starts a lot kickstarts a lot of crazy ideas, right? We got to do something. And then you kind of go, well, wait a minute, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? Right? So after my mom passed, I just, I remember I was like in the shower and I was like, there's no way you can go back to New York, to New York city and just pretend like you didn't see all of those people struggling uh, to get the treatment. And you just can't go back. And I, I just knew it in the same way that I knew that, um, I had to leave to take care of my mom. I knew that I would regret it if I, if I didn't try and, and do something because it was incredibly unjust. And frankly, it was infuriating to watch people struggle and potentially quit their cancer treatment just because of something as simple as a ride. So I immediately just started volunteer driving um, for a local organization. And uh, so I started taking people firsthand to and from treatment. Um, and I was shocked by two things. One is, is the demand was so much greater than the supply of drivers. I couldn't believe how, how much the need was. And then the second thing was just how inefficient a volunteer system <laughs> was. Right. So, I mean, I was, I was basically signed up to drive people. Um, I was grieving and I was like, I'm just going to drive people. That's what I'm going to do. And so on my best day, I could maybe give like two people a ride. You know, because you're driving to pick them up, then you're dropping them off. And then, you know, chemo can take anywhere from two to four hours. You really don't necessarily know how long it's going to take for some, depending on, you know, your treatment plan and how well the person's doing. And then just doctor's office in general tend to keep you waiting. Right. So then I was kind of drop them off and I like go to a Starbucks and then maybe try and arrange like a second ride. But I, I couldn't necessarily book that second ride if, if I didn't know when the first person was going to be done. So kind of in limbo and I would, you know, spend the whole day and, and maybe give two people a ride. Um, and that was just incredibly inefficient. But through this process of doing this, I got to learn, you know, I got to meet with a lot of cancer patients and I got to talk to them and, and try to figure out and craft a solution that worked for them. Um, because I thought the volunteer system was not scalable. It, it wasn't dependable. Right. And it certainly wasn't on demand. And a lot of people fighting cancer need an on-demand ride, one, just for the ride home of even a schedule. But two, when you're fighting cancer, sometimes you need to go to the doctor's appointment and it wasn't planned. Right. And so volunteer is not scalable. It's not efficient. And it doesn't do an on-demand ride. So it doesn't really solve their problem. And we wanted to solve their problem. And so tell us then, Zach, you, you then took this for lack of a better way of describing it, this broken system and revolutionized the, the way it gets done, right? Yeah, um, so I was, I was walking on like my mom's old walking trail with my sister. Right. And uh, I was just, you know, commiserating and complaining and I would complain about things and then she would turn around and complain about things. And a lot of my relationship was like, we always do. And complaining about life. And that's what we were doing. And I was telling her, here I am volunteering, and the most thing I can, I can do is give people like two, two rides a day. This is ridiculous. Um, and we just joke, like, we should just book these people an Uber or Lyft and get on with our day. Yeah. And um, 
And in that moment, chemo cars was born because I was driving um, these patients personally. You know, I, I realized that there's three problems that we needed to solve. The first problem is financial. Cancer is, is very expensive. People like my mother have to stop working. So she had no income. It had to be free. And so we said, you know what, we're going to fund it entirely through donations and grants. And so that problem we, we, we hope to solve. The second problem was technological. A lot of the people I were driving were like my mom. They were skittish with their cell phone, their smartphone. They used it kind of like an old school flip phone. And so the act of downloading an app like Uber and Lyft, uploading a credit card, which many of them didn't have credit cards, can be intimidating, um, especially when you're learning all these new things about your cancer condition to then have to stop and, and your insurance and all these problems that you now have, then to try to figure out how to do an Uber and Lyft, it's, it's intimidating. So it had to be easy. So with chemo cars, a free ride, just a phone call away. Basically, give us a call. You speak to a human being. And in about 10 minutes, we'll have an Uber or Lyft at your door. So no app needed, no smartphone needed. Just give us a call and speak to a human being. So that was the second problem. Yes. Go ahead. I don't know. And, and the third. So financial, technological. Yeah, the third problem was reliability. Like we, we're dealing with people's health here. So it's not enough just to send them an Uber or Lyft and, you know, hope it works out. Hope, hopefully they can figure it out. So we had to figure out a way to make sure that we had pick up and drop off success. So uh, with Uber and Lyft, we have a GPS dashboard and we're able to monitor each and every ride remotely. And we've got the driver's name, their license plate, their cell phone number. We've got the rider's name their license plate, sorry, their, their cell phone number and, and their home address. And we know where they're going. They're going to verified cancer treatment centers. And so we make a relationship with every treatment center and we actually go and scout out the place, look at all the entrances and exits and designate pickup centers. Yeah. So, so what we've done is if there's a problem, um, we watch each and every single ride and we do an intervention. So my dispatch either calls the rider or they call the driver. And sometimes they'll connect them for a three-way call if they're, if they're having an issue finding, finding uh, each other. Wow. So it was financial, technological, and then reliability. So by solving those three problems, I went to my mom's oncologist and I said, all right, I'm crazy here. Uh, I know people need to get to your cancer treatment center. Here's my business card. Just tell them to give me a call. It's free. And, uh, you know, and they said, okay, it sounds a little too good to be true. Um, but within like the first month we had provided 40 rides and then in weeks five and week six, we pro provided another 40. And before we knew it, cancer treatment centers in Charlotte were asking, you know, when is chemo cars going to add us to the eligible treatment centers? When will chemo cars start providing us our rides? And so this is just kind of one family through technology created a big buzz in Charlotte um, and how we're helping cancer, cancer patients get to treatment. The secret got out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Zach, so in, uh, let me just share a little bit to our listeners here. Um, kind of our background in Amarillo um, and kind of while you're developing the process and the program there in Charlotte, 
um, here in Amarillo at that, about the time of that happening, you know, we were struggling with trying to figure out from a, a foundation standpoint, the Harrington Cancer and Health Foundation, you know, what do we need to do in our community and what do we need to focus on and where should we put forth our effort, both financially and, you know, by our staff and so forth. And so we did um, a oncology focused needs assessment. It's the first time one of these has been done in Amarillo, focusing 100% on oncology. Um, what do cancer patients need? What do, what do they need? What, what did they need when they were going through treatment? What do they need now that they're finished with treatment? And, you know, how can we fill these voids and these gaps? That's really kind of the ultimate purpose of that. And I tell you, just as you said, without a doubt, in all of our focus groups, all of our surveys, um, it didn't matter if, if a person, you know, had insurance, didn't have insurance, um, transportation came up as a problem, a barrier. And as you said, is a major one and, and not everyone has a support system. Sometimes that's, that's the necessity of, of transportation is because no one is here to help them. They don't have um, a family here. It's just them. And so um, that came out overwhelmingly within our, our uh, needs assessment. And so, you know, we began trying to figure out how do, how do we find, how do we do this? What do we do? And in looking at options that are out there currently, overwhelmingly, you know, the options are volunteer driven, you know, it's whether it's a church, another organization, um, a family, or, you know, something like that, it's all volunteers. And um, you really would almost need two people, you know, full time running a volunteer program to coordinate and schedule all these rides. And so in the meantime of all of this, then we opened up our cancer survivorship center where, you know, Pam is the oncology nurse at our survivorship center. And she started reaching out to me and saying, we have problems with transportation, right, Pam? Right. I know we, um, patients would come in and they'd say, I'd like to come, but I can't even get a ride to my doctor's appointment. Or um, that sounds great, but sorry, I can't make it. I don't have a reliable car. So I know that there was a need for our patients, even now that we have, um, for transportation. It's another stressor that they have. Exactly. Yeah, and, and one thing that struck me was it was surprising that nurses were who are highly trained with this really specialized skill, at least in Charlotte, they're saying a lot of our time, you know, for some of the nurses is trying to convince people to try and find a ride or scrambling to connect them with a ride or resource. And I, I thought to myself, this is a low level problem. We need the nurses to be focusing on what they were trained to do, not coercion to transportation. So, so we wanted to build a tool that, that empowered the patients to control their own destiny in terms of getting a ride. And we also wanted to free up the healthcare system so that the nurses can focus matter on what matters most, which is care, not, not trying to scramble, get someone a ride. Right. And then the last thing with the volunteer program is, you know, if, if the same person is kind of taking you day in and day out to this treatment, like if it's a son or it's a daughter, that's not quality time. And, and there could potentially the rider might feel some type of indebtedness, gratitude, but it, it's, it's not a perfect transaction. With chemo cars, it's discreet and it's private. So the Uber or Lyft driver 
doesn't know this person is fighting cancer. To the Uber and Lyft, we plug into their back end, where to them, it's just another ride. And so it's not like the rider has to pay anything. We, we book, we monitor, and we pay Uber and Lyft directly. So it's kind of this guilt-free way of, of getting your care in a really private and discreet manner. I know for patients, it's hard for them to ask for help or reach out because they don't want to be a burden. So this is a, a perfect solution. It is. Let's talk about how chemo cars um, came to Amarillo before we, and we'll talk, we'll, we'll go in greater depth about how someone books a ride and what a ride looks like. And and we've already touched on pieces of that, but there's, there's a few other pieces of, 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 as I would like to say, coolness um, that chemo cars does that is not just your average transportation system. But, you know, um, after we really understood greater the problem, and I'll never forget one of the administrators telling me, just as you said about riding the bus, um, the one of the issues that that one of the administrators was having was where the bus stop and drop off was in relation to um, the treatment center. And so they would drop off someone. And in this case, it was a patient with lung cancer. It would drop this patient off um, and it would be about two and a half or so, three blocks from the treatment center. So here's someone with lung cancer who then had to take the bus and then had to walk two to three blocks. Um, and part of it is uphill to get to the treatment center. Um, it's just, it's terrible. It's just unfair. And so much like us, much like you, we were saying there's got to be a better way. And my, my, my boss kind of tasked me with this program of trying to figure it out. And I, at, for, there was a period of time where I thought, I don't, I don't know that we will figure this out. I mean, no one else has figured this out. Why do we think that we will figure this out? But yet uh, I'll never forget. I stumbled across your website and um, it was, it's, it was kind of funny because what I had done is I had kind of bookmarked three or four websites and, uh, obviously chemo cars was one. And the very next day, my plan was to, you know, really dive into looking at each one of these websites. And I had two different individuals who are unrelated, don't even, you know, totally independent of each other, send me a link to a CBS this morning video. Um, of, of chemo cars. And they, and they were like, you've got to look this out, check this out. You've got to look into this. I think this is the solution you're looking for because they knew that this was something I was working towards. And I'm like, I know I've seen this website. I have it bookmarked and I'm going to be talking and, and digging in on this. And it was one of those deals that once, once I had watched the, the CBS this morning uh, video, which I know you're well aware of. And, um, then I, I, I send an email, I think, to a, a general contact us email. And I bet it was tw probably 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from you. And that was the, you were honestly the last person I was expecting to get a phone call from because I figured it was, um, you know, an underling, if you will, a, your secretary or somebody else would be reaching out to me. But lo and behold, I, the person who created Chemo Cars calls me. And I think you had that that it had just hit the airwaves and you were bombarded with phone calls, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that was a crazy few days. It was, that was a kind of a crazy two months, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 but I immediately, I was getting inundated. I got like hundreds of emails and Facebook messages and Instagram, you know, just 
and it, it was really tough. And so I, I, I had some people from my board help me sort through and try and, and like rank order um, the, the people who reached out to try and really focus on some of these strategic opportunities that could translate to us helping more people. And um, I, I saw your message and I, I, you know, I think I Googled and I said, this is someone I need to call immediately. And so I, I called you and, and I, I feel like we, we, we hit it off pretty quick. And what was great was, was that you, you kind of understood the problems we were trying to solve and you, you just, you understood how we need to make it easy, not only for the riders, but we need to make it easy for the healthcare treatment centers. Yes. And so the whole thing, I feel like, like our, our goal is just to make things easy on everyone to, to tear down barriers. And it was, I remember, you know, Xing our phone call thinking that we really might be onto something here. Um, so yeah, it was a really exciting time for me. Well, I tell you, just that like was, you remember your phone call from your mother. I remember that phone call from Ryan thinking, Pam, I've got it. I've got this solution. <laughs> and so I remember where I was. Yeah. You know, and I, I felt the exact same way getting off the phone with you. And I thought the excitement was there. You're passionate about what you do. We're passionate about what we do. And it was a perfect mix. And I tell you, um, much like you said, uh, the the very the very first solution has to be financial. And um, you said, you know, and, and I've said it, uh, going through treatment is expensive. And that's one of our you know, core values at the survivorship center is, is that it's free. Um, you know, everything that we do and provide at the cancer survivorship center, whether it's counseling activities, um, programs, uh, one-on-one -on -one visits with our nutritionist, our dietitian, whatever it may be, it's free. And we really felt the same way that this should be something that the foundation should take on and fill that gap of making sure. Um, and, and by partnering with you guys, why uh, we, you know, why can't we bring chemo cars to Amarillo? We had the financial aspect and the backing from our foundation um, to fill that first void. And so um, it, it's been, I, I would say it, it, it's been very well received from the moment that we started it here. I was excited. I think, you know, within a few weeks, I was on a plane to Amarillo and uh, I met with you and, and Gaynor and I think we went to just about every cancer treatment center uh, in Amarillo and you, you saw how I was kind of meeting with the staff and we, we have an orientation with the staff, which I think you attended and yes. checking out all the pickup and drop off. Um, you know, really uh, we can expand to cities quite rapidly. We can, we can technically go wherever there's Uber and Lyft and there's demand. And so a lot of these tertiary cities like Amarillo and Charlotte, um, they're, they're right in our sweet spot, um, in terms of we, there's a, there's a need and, uh, we think we can, we can help solve those problems. And, and so, yeah, I, I think I went to Amarillo maybe two times, uh, once I think to, for the initial test. And I think one following time, just to, to make sure we, we kicked off the major treatment centers and, right. and we were kind of off to the races. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's the proverbial, the rest is history, right? I mean, it just really took off like a wildfire. Yep. So Zach, if I'm a newly diagnosed patient, um, having trouble getting to treatment centers or to treatments, um, how does this work? What do I do? All right, step one is, um, is the registration. And so most likely you'll hear about us from a cancer nurse navigator. 
So I, typically, you know, if you're diagnosed with cancer and as part of the, the nursing, you know, kind of the orientation, they'll say, if you need a ride, um, you know, here's ChemoCars phone number. Or you can go on to our website, chemocars.org. And we have, a, we have a different phone number for each city. So the Amarillo number is different from the Charlotte number. So it's, you know, it's something that is just catered to your city. And then what you'll do is you'll probably speak to Jill or Alma and they'll go through our registration and orientation. And this is really like the secret sauce of chemo cars. Um, a lot of our riders, they, uh, they've never ridden Uber or Lyft. And, and so they might have questions like, is the same driver who drops me off, are they going to take me home? Uh, do I, do I, uh, do I owe the Uber or Lyft a driver a tip? You know, what happens if I'm running a little late? What should I do? Or what happens if I need to reschedule? Um, you know, and, and those sorts of things. So uh, we record every phone call. And so I spent like the first six months of chemo cars literally just listening to every uh, registration phone call, not everyone, but a sampling of registration phone calls and trying to get in front of a lot of the common questions that people had or address areas of confusion that we found out later people had. And so um, Jill and Alma, um, they've been working with us, you know, really since the start and uh, they're excellent at what they do and they do the orientation process. It's about a 10 to 15 minute phone call where we, where we, ask the rider questions about themselves. And then we also tell the rider what to expect for every part of the drop-off and the pickup. And by doing that, it really reduces the, the complications of uncertainty because sometimes people might not be feeling good after their treatment and we want to make it easy for them. They shouldn't have to have any guesswork as to how, how they get to and from. And so with chemo cars, you're always just a phone call away. And our dispatch is able to cover Amarillo uh, quite seamlessly. So when you say, when you say like uh, the they go over what to expect, um, give us just a couple of pieces of that so our listeners can understand what what it is that that a, a rider needs to be able to do and how they need to be able to interact. Okay. Um, so what are some of the criteria as well? They need to have a cell phone. Our cell phone is our point of contact with them. We need to be able to get a hold of the rider at all times. They also, uh, you know, in, in best cases, they should have the ability to read a text message. And so from what can you expect on your first chemo cars ride? Well, first, you give us a call and say, I need a ride for at this time to go to this treatment center. And our immediate first question is, wait, do you want us to pick you up? at this time, or do you need to be there at the treatment center at that time? And often they'll sit, they'll revise and say, oh, well, you know, I need to be there at 11, so you should actually pick me up at 10.30. So that's a common mistake. They'll say, I, I need a ride for 11 at this treatment center, but not factor in the transportation time to get there. Um, a, a second one is what you should expect when you get self, uh, when you get text messages. So our riders get a text message with the make, model, and color of the car, the driver's name, um, their license plate, and it lets them know that the driver is roughly 15 minutes away. They also get a link that if they touch, they can actually track the, the, the ride uh, while it's, if they've got a phone that can do it uh, on a map. And so <clears throat> we say, if, if you get a text message, that means that you need to rearrange yourself to your house so that you can see 
a car pulling up to your driveway. Um, and then when you get that next message, um, that's that they're here. So they can expect two text messages, one with the drivers on its way with the details, and the next one is that the driver is outside. Um, another thing we say is if you ever get a phone call from a, a number that you don't recognize, uh, answer it. It's either the driver trying to get a hold of you or it's us trying to get a hold of you. Right. Uh, another common one is if you ever get a text message that says your ride has canceled, uh, don't worry. That's actually my dispatch staff trying to find you a better car. It's a car that's closer. So it might patch you up with a car that's 20 minutes away, but we see on our dispatch, there's another car with five minutes away. That cancellation text message means that not that you're out of luck. It means that someone's actually focused and zeroed in on your ride. So those are the types of things uh, that, that we talk about. So they get their two text messages. Uh, they get in the car. Then when they're at the treatment center, they don't need to pay. They don't need to pull out their wallet. They just get out. We handle everything about paying Uber and Lyft directly. Then when they're all done, all they have to do is say, you know, I'd like a ride home. And our, our operator says, are we, are we taking you back to where we picked you up from? They say yes, and then we send a car. Um, again, that's a different Uber or Lyft driver that's providing that on-demand. So we remind the rider that, you know, it's a different car. Make sure you get in the right car. Um, you know, make sure that you ask the driver your name. And then also, please don't leave your cell phone in the car. That happens all the time. Uh, and then we get a call from someone saying, you know, I lost my keys. I lost my cell phone. You know, a lot of times people aren't feeling well and they leave stuff in the car. So we remind people to double check the car before you get out. So we don't have to do a loss and down. So Zach, if I have six and a half weeks of radiation, do I have to call every single day? Or is there no. a where you are no. those rides lined out? Yeah, no. So you can book rides online. Um, we will take up to two weeks worth of radiation rides. We don't like to book with one phone call. We don't like to book six weeks straight because things, things change. So one, one phone call can book two weeks worth of rides. And then at the end of your two weeks, just give us another phone call. Okay. So um, I think that we can talk about there's your typical rider and then your atypical rider. And those that the typical rider that don't have any transportation or means to get there, um, which we've talked about. And then the atypical um, rider where maybe um, they drive themselves to chemo and they take chemo and aren't feeling so good. They can still call you, correct? Correct. We do one-way rides all the time. So we do round-trip rides, um, but sometimes people like, you know, their son or daughter can drop them off on their way to work, but they just need to ride home. So after you've registered, we can typically get a car to you whenever you want during business hours to pick you up or take you to a verified cancer treatment center within about 10 to 15 minutes. That's awesome. 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, that's, that's better probably than, you know, if, if I was telling somebody I would come, Pam, if I was coming to pick you up, I, I don't know that I could be there in 10 to 15. <laughs> no, I don't think you could. So talk about Zach real fast, real quick. You've used these words a few times and Pam and I know what this is, but our listeners probably don't understand what is, what is a verified treatment center and what does that mean? So, um, <laughs> we need to make sure that we're not, we're not taking people to the nightclub. I'm just kidding. Like we need to make people, sure people 
are, are actually going to a cancer treatment center. Um, you know, one of the first questions we often get is, well, do you worry about abuse? Do you worry about um, people, you know, using your system to go to the grocery store, to go to the bank, to run errands, those sorts of things? And, and the, the answer is no. And we've mitigated that because we're only taking them to treatment centers, which we have a relationship with. So, Ryan, if you recall, when we launched Namarillo together, we went around to every cancer treatment center. And I did about an hour-long presentation about how our program works. I took questions and answers. I confirmed that it really was a cancer treatment center. And then we handed out collateral, one-pagers and business cards. And so what our goal to do was, was to empower the nurses at these treatment centers with the information that they needed so they could properly use our program. Because we're a resource for patients, but we're also a resource for the nurses. We hope to make their jobs easier so they can make cancer patients' lives easier. Um, so a verified treatment center is a treatment center within the city of Amarillo that we've been on site with, and we know that they provide chemo or radiation. You know, it's, it's interesting. So Zach, just as you said, you know, when we, when we came on one of your trips and we, we went and visited and I'll never forget, uh, the, the blank looks on the staff's face at the, the, you know, the treatment centers here in town, because it was almost like this is too good to be true. There's not that. How, how does this work? I mean, this go over that again, because this doesn't make sense. It's too good to be true. And in some aspects, it is too good to be true because it's a, it's a necessity that's been around for a long time or a need that's been around for a long time. And someone, you chemo cars has finally figured it out. Well, thank you. We're, we're, we're trying hard to deliver on, on our promises and, you know, I think to date it's it's been a it's been a good relationship with you and the you yeah. know the feedback seems to be encouraging from the treatment centers in Char in Amarillo. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about a, a little bit of data. Um, we started our relationship and started our first pilot here in Amarillo uh, May of 2018, and we started small. You know that was uh, we both agreed that was the the best way to go is to you know work out some kinks in, in, a, in a small fashion and then gradually add on a second location and then gradually add on a third location. And then, um, so we have our verified treatment centers and then occasionally you'll call and say, Hey, I've got a rider that needs to go here. And it is a cancer related, you know, issue or a cancer related appointment. And so we always make one off exceptions or let's go ahead and add them as a verified treatment center and things like that. And I think, Without question, you know, the feedback that we've gotten from our providers here in town um, has just been just blowing my mind. And I know to be able to share with you, you know, the, 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 the things I get from them a lot of times, and I know Pam does as well, because especially when they come to the Survivorship Center and they're able to partake in an event or an activity that they normally would not be able to, um, much like needing to get to treatment, they need interaction they need community and so um it really has revolutionized i think treatment but also after treatment in terms of our our folks here locally i mean that's great to hear that that's our goal and you know we feel like we kind of serve three people first and foremost we serve the cancer patients they're our top priority but we also want to serve um the healthcare system and help them give people the best care possible and then with respect to the foundation, 
you know, Ryan, you're also our client as well too. And we, we aim to provide a service for you. And, and what our goal is to provide you um, really, you know, insightful data about what we're providing and the impact. So that when you think about measuring, you know, how, how are your foundation funding, you know, is that, how does that stack up versus other programs? You know, we're kind of empowering you with, you know, our ride statistics and number of riders and, and really kind of information that helps tell the story of, of this tremendous impact that your foundation is giving to your city of Amarillo. You know, one of the, one of the things that I, I remember hearing quickly was, um, you know, obviously, and you've touched on it, I've touched on it, Pam's touched on it, just the ease and convenience. So that's, that's the simple and easy, obvious um, uh, benefit. The other benefit I've heard uh, countless times from administrators and staff and nurses is that, you know, they, all, they feel like they could almost guarantee that without the treatment, without the rides to and from the treatment, um, that this patient or that patient probably would not have completed treatment in a timely manner, maybe not even have completed treatment at all. And it's very heartwarming to go, you know what, it's, it's, it's a simple thing as a phone call and we're able to make this happen and therefore get someone to treatment, get them through treatment so they finish it and they hope and it should have better outcomes. We know that because naturally if they're not going to complete treatment and be compliant and it's no fault of their own, they just can't get there. Um, they don't have as good outcomes. And then of course you hear too from the staff about how smooth their day runs because they don't have patients missing appointments or missing treatments. And so just as you said, it's a huge win-win for everyone involved. And I think right now, um, you know, on average, uh, we provide, ChemoCars provides somewhere between 250 to 300 rides per month. And, um, you know, we knew there was a problem. I don't think we knew there was this big of a problem. And much like Pam said, there's, there's more and more atypical riders that this is still a solution for. And so some of these 250 to 300 a month, that's, you know, that's the atypical. Um, but yeah, can, can you give us an idea, Zach, because we, you know, where we are roughly in rides uh, <clears throat> to date right now, I mean, or, or over the lifetime of our program? Yeah, we're about uh, 5,500 rides in Amarillo since, you know, since we've started. And so, you know, we're, we're out there providing rides every day and hopefully, uh, hopefully helping people fight this disease. 5,500 patients or rides. Rides, rides, free. yeah. And or still going. That's awesome. And still going, still going. You know, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say uh, one of the um, phone calls I got from you uh, just as a success story, because early on, you know, we were like, hey, how's it going? What, what are you hearing? How, what are you finding out? And passing along all these, these um, successes. Um, and working through some bugs and kinks. Obviously, obviously it's not all roses, but I'll never forget. Um, and I kind of want to co uh, close with this before we, we move to our next section is um, you called to tell me, Hey, I, I want to let you know um, because both hospitals in Amarillo are verified treatment centers. And so we're, we can provide a ride to the hospital um, because many times, you know, they, they may need to be uh, sent to the hospital for this or that or have a test or, you know, have, have something, something done. And I'll never forget when you called and said, hey, um, we gave a ride to 
this hospital. And I was like, great. Oh, that's great. Everything go well. And you're like, well, it's a little different than normal. Uh, this patient went to the doctor's office, uh, not feeling well, the doctor decided to admit this patient. They did not feel like they could drive themselves to the hospital. So the office called chemo cars and, um, she had obviously a, a verified cancer diagnosis. Um, and so needed a ride to the hospital to be admitted. And, um, the driver came and picked her up, took this patient to the hospital, uh, went in, got a wheelchair, came out, wheeled this patient in to be checked in and, uh, got the patient squared away. And that's not your typical chemo cars experience, but that's the kind of, of, um, going the extra step that goes on with, with chemo cars. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a fun, fun journey and I'm, you know, try to, we really try and take care of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned about future growth. You guys are, are, are open and, and, and always looking to, to grow chemo cars, correct? Yeah, there, there's really no, no limit. It's, it's incredibly scalable, and we can, we can really go to anywhere that there's demand for cancer treatment, um, ride the cancer treatment, that there's a good supply of Uber or Lyft, and then we, we can get the funding to expand. I, I would highly recommend... Um, if anyone is listening and, and they're in a, an, an area that they have problems with transportation, um, reaching out to, to you, Zach, reaching out to chemo cars, reach out to anybody who's utilized chemo cars in their, in their community, you know, us here in Amarillo and in Charlotte and, um, gosh, we can't say enough good things. Right, Pam? That's right. And if any of our listeners are needing a ride, they can call the, the number 704-981-2010 um, for a ride or um, look it up online. Yeah. And Zach, speaking of phone numbers, um, real quick, talk to us about one of the phone numbers that uh, patients can call um, that need a ride. What the, there's, what's the significance of one of those phone numbers? Well, we first launched in Charlotte and, you know, when my mom passed, we we're trying to, you know, you have to unwind all these things that she had going. We had to unwind her business, get to get my father squared away, set up on bill pay and do some financial matters, um, which he actually ended up doing a great job uh, taking lead on. And then we had her cell phone and, and we, we had her cell phone number and uh, we didn't know what to do with it. And I, I had this idea where what if, what if we transferred her number over to the chemo cars number so that you know, every time uh, someone calls chemo cars in Charlotte, they're actually calling my mom's old cell phone number. Yeah. So um, it's a, kind of a way that we can, can honor her life uh, and so that she's, she spent her whole life helping people and then in her passing her, her cell phones, helping people. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, no, I can't think of a more fitting way uh, to honor your mom to honor the sacrifice your mom made for your family and then the sacrifice that your family made um, in helping your mother and what, what turning a, a really rough time in, into such continued, continuing uh, good that goes on. Uh, I just, it's, it's a wonderful feeling and I know you guys are so happy and, and I know that, that um, she's, she's proud, absolutely proud. Oh, well, thank you. You know, our job is the easy part. Uh, the people fighting cancer are the real heroes and we're, we're out to support them. 
So, you know, one of the things we do when we close out our podcast uh, that's uh, sponsored by Pete's Car Smart here in, in Amarillo, one of the things we like to do is talk about a Pete's powerful moment and have our guests uh, share with us a powerful moment. So, uh, Zach, could you share with us, uh, and I know you've probably got a, a long list of, of moments that have really touched you throughout this journey, but share with us a Pete's powerful moment, would you? You know, I think that there's, I'm going to go with two. I can't do just one, but one powerful moment was I had just flown into Amarillo, Ryan, and I'd, I'd never been to Amarillo and you picked me up and I, I didn't really know what to expect. And I, I remember we, we went, um, we went eating at a, at a Mexican restaurant um, right, right across from the hotel. And I just knew that we were on the same page and, and, and to hear you share the excitement and kind of the way that you, you think outside the box and you're pragmatic. And I, I just was so excited uh, after that lunch that we were really going to do this. Um, and so that, that was just an incredibly powerful moment for me. Um, as I think back to, so, you know, what we've done now and, and just kind of immediately clicking with you, you really made it easy for us to launch. Um, and then, and then the, the second powerful moment is, is um, you know, over, over the course of, of our time, providing rides to people, um, occasionally we'll, we'll get to know some of the riders because they might be calling after hours, like, you know, like 10 p.m. on a Sunday and, and it gets passed to me because my staff's not working. We, you know, we try to make ourselves accessible as much as we can. And through the, through the time, um, we've gotten to know some different patients. And, and one of the patients in Amarillo, um, you know, struck a, a special chord in my heart. And, and, and I, I got to know her, uh, pretty well as best as you can over a telephone and and getting to know her and getting the positive feedback from her on our Facebook page as I, my relationship with you uh, was just starting Ryan it was just so exciting to me that not only you know did you take that leap of faith on us but I could point to some some direct patient experiences uh, you know kind of saying that you know what we're doing is real and it's helping and it's and it's reliable and so meeting some of the Amarillo patients and developing a phone relationship with them is, has been incredibly rewarding for me as well. And, and, and Ryan, you happen to know this rider as well. Uh, thank you, Zach. Thank you. It, it means a lot to hear that. Um, you know, I, I know our listeners have learned a great deal today about this resource that's available. Um, and it's not available all over the country yet. It will be. Um, I, there's no doubt in my mind that this will continue to grow and people will, will continue to hear more about chemo cars and how, how it works and want it to come to their community. I know that hardly a week goes by that I don't get a phone call from, you know, a cardiology group or, um, just a hospital in general or something like that to where they're trying to figure out if, if we could use chemo cars to transport their patients back and forth. And unfortunately, you know, we're, we're really laser focused on, on oncology. So I know there's no doubt that it'll continue to grow, but if our listeners have any questions, we want to make sure they understand, you know, they can call us at the Cancer Survivorship Center at 331-2400, area code 806-331-2400. Uh, can shoot us an email at info at the number 24survivorship.org um, and get information or, you know, ask at your treatment center. Ask at your treatment center, you know, how do I've heard about chemo cars? How do I, how do I get a ride? I need a ride. Um, this is not something that we want to 
be very selective in how it gets utilized. If it's a cancer patient and you need assistance in getting to treatment, you need assistance in getting to the survivorship center, we have the answer for you. And it's reliable, it's on demand, it's very easy to do, and it's free. And that's kind of where we are. I mean, we, we land 100% on free, right, Pam? That's right. You know, it, it, we, we can't say that enough. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of like what we, we, we want you to just know that up front and be, and it, it's accessible. Ask your doctor, ask your nurse, ask Pam, ask Penny when you're at the center. Uh, let us help you. Let us help you in however way we can. And it's our turn now to ask you to help us. You know, uh, as a listener of our podcast, we want you to like our podcast, share our podcast, send this to people who need uh, to know about this chemo cars resource that we have here in our community and send it, send them the podcast and tell them to listen to it. Um, share it on social media. Uh, help us get the word out because we know even though we're providing 250 to 300 rides a month, um, there's bound to be another couple hundred that we can help. Um, just as Zach said, and uh, we all agree with this, there, transportation should not be the barrier that keeps you from getting to and from treatment or keeps you from life-saving treatment that you need so desperately. Um, Pam, how, how else can we help? Um, I want to just thank Zach for um, going with his gut and producing this program um, right. that has been affected or has helped so many patients. Um, and I know there's so many more that it will help. So thank you, Zach, for being on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it, was, it was a great time. Thanks for letting me tell my story. Yes, absolutely, Zach. We appreciate it. We appreciate your openness and honest, uh, you know, sharing of your 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 story with us. And uh, for, as Pam said, trusting your gut and and creating chemo cars, it's life changing for a lot of folks. And so uh, we thank you for that. Uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, we'll have another great episode for you guys of Beyond the Ribbon and. Um, great, you know, great talking to and educational pieces that we'll have. And so we're very excited about it. So uh, Zach, thank you again. And to all our listeners, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again. And we'll be back next week.